0: The Your Mark on the World show is made possible by our sponsors, including Gate Global Impact and media consultant Mike Schwager.
1: Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and I'm a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing. And we're excited to have with us today an exceptional, extraordinary uh, social entrepreneur. This is uh, Scott Chisholm, the uh, CEO and co founder of Classy, one of the world's largest. uh, Crowdfunding side. So, Scott, thank you very much for joining us. We're thrilled to have you. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Scott, tell us a little bit about your niche in crowdfunding for uh, nonprofits.
2: So, Classy is a technology uh, platform uh, exclusively for nonprofits and social enterprises. Um, and it is uh, a tool that helps them uh, mobilize supporters, uh, raise money, track their impact, and scale their organization. Um, So we work with uh, small startup nonprofits all the way to large billion-dollar social enterprises. Um, So our roots are in peer-to-peer and crowdfunding. Um, We've kind of since expanded beyond that, but the core of the platform uh, is to to help these organizations sort of get set up online uh, and add new sources of revenue through crowdfunding and peer-to-peer. But we work exclusively with nonprofits.
0: Well, Scott, this is an exciting space to be playing in. It really is one of my uh, true passions. Uh, I've been following your work for a long time, and so it's really fun to have you on the show finally. I want to talk a little bit about some of the tools that uh, you have, because it really, for a lot of people, it comes down to some of the mechanics. You've been at this a long time. You have very sophisticated tools, but... um, When uh, someone is trying to put together a crowdfunding campaign for a nonprofit, one of the things that seems to work well is to put together a team. Uh, How does your platform support a team uh, approach uh, for a crowdfunding campaign?
2: Yeah, good question. I think that there's sort of two different um, things that we talk about when we're um, looking at overall crowdfunding space and platforms that uh, organizations could use. One is um, when you're building out a crowdfunding campaign, um, a lot of the platforms that are out there are, are one-dimensional, one-tier, um, like a Kickstarter and Indiegogo. So you set up a page. Perfect of, example. Yeah. With Classy, you can actually make it multi-tier. So you can have uh, team fundraising underneath the campaign, which empowers teams of people to go out and raise money for the cause or the specific project. And then you can have individuals under those teams. Um, so that's sort of one of the big differences. Um, so you sort of get this multi-tiered system going. Um, that really allows the organization to empower a group of people outside of just donors to actually get involved, tell their personal story about why they're connected with the cause and why they're involved in the first place, uh, and tap their own friends and family through social media uh, and also through email and, and even offline uh, to contribute. So it's a great source that's of a, new and that,
0: That's well. super powerful because uh, a one of the things that I've seen is uh, over the years is that's the key to a successful crowdfunding campaign is to have multiple people on the really engaged because one person can only do so much. There's another angle to this. And I wonder if, if classy supports this as well, but some people, uh, you, you know, may be doing a random activity, whether it's a, a solo bicycle ride from San Francisco to Los Angeles or running a marathon with 10,000 other people, but they want to add a cost to it. Can they go to Classy and uh, choose a nonprofit and just do a fundraiser for that nonprofit?
2: Yep, they, they sure can. We work um, uh, even harder to actually allow our organizations to embed that type of experience onto their own websites, though. So one of the things that we really focus on is um, being the technology sort of behind the scenes that's powering the, the experience for the nonprofit to allow that relationship between the fundraiser, the donor, and the supporter to strengthen over time Um, with that organization. We like our brand sort of in the background. Um, So instead of trying to put all of our marketing dollars into bringing people to our site to then go pick nonprofits, we actually uh, spend more of our time thinking about how our technology can enhance the uh, experience of the nonprofit or the infrastructure website and uh, web presence that that the nonprofit has already established. How can we enhance that with our technology?
0: I think a lot of nonprofits think of online fundraising as having a donate button and an efficient donate donation process on their website. Yeah. I think that there's that is a gross oversimplification of what a nonprofit needs. Tell us about the tools that your system incorporates in terms of social media and other tools that help people do so much more than just click to donate, right?
2: Well, I think um you know what when it- When it all boils down to, from a you know fundraising perspective, um, is relationships um, and 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 helping the organization strengthen that relationship. When someone gives money, they're investing in the cause. It's important that the organization doesn't just look at it at a surface level from a a transaction online. They follow through with that relationship, and and they can actually help strengthen that and grow that relationship over time so that person will stay connected to the organization. So at a higher level, our organization looks at, or our company, Classy, the technology, it looks at um, helping the organization acquire new donors through things like crowdfunding campaigns, but also giving them the tools to nurture that relationship over time. So instead of just looking at a surface level and just a donation online, which can be very transactional, and in fact, you know in the very beginning of online fundraising, it was mainly just a PayPal button on a website. And now it's, it's morphed into something that feels more like the organization's brand end to end through the initial donation experience. but also what happens after that is equally, if not more important. So it isn't just getting them through a form, it's how do you actually build and build trust with that person over time so that they'll uh, give again, um, support you in a different way like fundraiser volunteer, or volunteer or whatever, and then you, you can build up your community that way.
0: Give us a sense of some of those tools. Let's let's drill down just a little bit on on the things that you're doing uh, that that build off of but aren't exactly part of the crowdfunding experience.
2: Sure. So when when we look at it, we look at our uh, platform in three different ways, or three different sections. One is the fundraising tools that we just talked about. Two is engagement, so that's during a campaign, but also after. Uh, engagement tools would, would be like email automation or trigger based email, things like that. So, allowing the organization to set up nurture tracks uh, and custom communication with the organizations over time, it's something that we're working really hard on right now. Uh, and then the third one is impact. So, how do you help them tell the story of where the dollars went uh, and create that feedback loop to the donor? Um, so, not only articulating impact. In a certain way um, that is easy for a donor or supporter to understand but also how do you allow them to communicate that back to their supporter base in an efficient manner that's not just an annual report at the end of the year something more in real time so those are the three things that we sort of look at the three pillars
0: well it's it's a a very cool combination of tools and and uh so i appreciate you sharing that with us i want to just Take a moment if you if you'll be patient with me, Scott, to talk to you personally about some of your experiences as a social entrepreneur, because, uh, you know, our, our viewers are really interested in you as much as they are interested in classy. You know, uh, you have become uh, a real role model as you have built up this very successful business. Uh, very well regarded in in uh, among nonprofits, and social entrepreneurs. Uh, what I wonder, whenever I meet someone like you who is so successful, making such a big difference, has become a role model, who do you look up to? Who's your role model? Yeah.
2: Uh, well, first of all, I don't even know if I necessarily look at us uh, as successful quite yet. We have a long way to go, but I appreciate the, the comments. Um, but I guess when I look at, Um, someone that I look up to a role model. It's going to sound a little cliche, but I I always go back to to my mom, uh, who was the inspiration for the company in the first place and the the first fundraising event we did here in San Diego uh, for the American Cancer Society because my mom battled cancer uh, twice, actually, over the course of about five years and did radiation and chemo at the same time. And the reason why she's an inspiration is not just because she beat the disease, but sort of how she dealt with it while she was going through. So the perseverance uh, and 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 her ability to restore sort of normality to her friends and family, and, and allow us to go, uh, you know, about, about our day to day lives without a huge amount of disruption, um, I thought was just unbelievably uh, selfless. Uh, and and she was able to raise up the whole family and friends, even though she was going through an unbelievably challenging time. Uh, and I think we've honestly we've brought a lot of those traits here to Classy. You know, those ups and downs in businesses, every company has it. It's never up and to the right. Um, as, you know, TechCrunch and others would pretend to, pretend to paint it sometimes. Um, you know, there's there's high, highs and lows. And I think, um, you know, I learned a lot from her going through that experience. So I always think back on how she dealt with the stress uh, and the unknown when um, going through that time period and try to apply, you know, some of those same, um, you know, some of that same emotional
0: strength, I think, to some of the things that we go through as a company. Well, I think that's a, a really great example. Uh, it, and it's a... It's, uh... It's interesting to me how often the people I visit with uh, give me the names of their parents as uh, role models. And yet their reasons for doing so are always compelling. And uh, they are kind of unsung heroes. And it's great to have an opportunity for you to recognize your mom today. I appreciate you sharing that uh, personal story. Of course. Now, Scott, you're obviously... uh, capable guy and you could be doing anything. You've chosen to, to tackle a field that really yields a lot of benefits to society. You're, you're making a difference in the world. Uh, why do you care about making a difference in the
2: yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think we looked at it as, you know, when we first started the company here in San Diego, um, it was a really small idea. It was literally just a fundraise for a, a local organization, the ACS, that I mentioned uh, previously. And then it expanded, and we um, really started to mobilize and, and bring together uh, really young millennials here in San Diego to support many, many different causes. And through that experience, um, we were, you know, we kind of uh, saw the technology and some of the tools that were available to some of these organizations uh, and just saw a massive, massive gap. And that was the first thing that sort of shined a light on the opportunity for us to help. Um, and, and it's just, it's, these organizations face very unique challenges from you know, a fundraising perspective, a sustainability perspective, yet they're working on some of the most innovative uh, solutions to social problems in the world, uh, at a local level, uh, at a national level, at a, at a global level. And what we saw is a gap, not only to help them fundraise, but really to help them run their entire business more efficiently and scale and grow, and by scaling and growing operationally, they can then bring, uh, you know, that that social solution, uh, the, the the product, the service that they're delivering, uh, to market faster and to help more people. And we just saw no one tackling that from an end-to-end perspective. It's one thing to tackle crowdfunding, but when you really dive deep and look at the problem, um, it's, about, it's about the structure of the organization and these unique challenges that they face. And so uh, coming back to your question, I think, it's more about you know just almost feeling like we got lucky uh, with the opportunity and saying like hey like we're we saw this at an exact moment in time uh, and we are just compelled to to try to figure out how to help um, you know these these organizations because it's important they're working on things like cancer research um, like homelessness here in San Diego um, you know et cetera et cetera and, and and those are some of the the most challenging uh, issues that humanity you know, humanity is facing um, and so not those two specifically, you know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, we just see the opportunity as massive and, and sort of like a lifelong, uh, mission. Uh, I, you know, when earlier we talked about success, um, I made that clip a little bit about, you know, we're, we're just getting started. It's true. Like we really feel like we're in the first inning here. Um, we've scratched the surface. We're helping move offline donations online and adding additional revenue sources. But it, the problem, the fundamental problem actually goes much, much deeper than that. And it's, there's amazing innovation trapped in these nonprofit organizations. How do you deliver that innovation to the world to help more people?
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate that those are great insights. Now, one last question I want to ask you, uh, kind of tapping into your expertise, your success. I wonder if there's something you do every day that you, you do consistently that, that we can emulate that would allow us to do more good, have more impact, be more successful like you. I think, um,
2: you know, we look at Classy like a family. Everyone says they have a great culture. But, you know, when people look at our company, they say, you know, how, do you, how, you know, how have you only lost uh, four people in the last five years voluntarily? I and mean, we have 120 people now. Um, and, and, you know, the, the answer I usually give is we've created a culture of, of, inclusive, of inclusiveness. Um, so letting people in and empowering them to you know, sit at the table and be part of the decision-making process Uh, I know that's a little bit high level, but to give a couple examples, um, one is just being, you know, really ultra transparent within the classy wall. So um, one thing that I do every Sunday night is I I have an email that I send, and I haven't missed one. Even when my son was born, I actually sent one from the hospital. My wife wasn't too happy about that one, but basically it gives, you know, the summary of the week uh, and has our goals and objectives for the year, uh, the quarter, the month, and then some commentary from myself and highlighting some awesome things that happened Uh, during the week. And it's super simple, um, but it's amazing the impact that that's had because it aligns everyone. I send it Sunday night and they kind of check in uh, and they come and everyone's sort of, you know, on the same page. And that has had a a tremendous effect. Um, And everyone receives that email. Then we usually go a step further too. We do, obviously we have investors now and things like that. So we have to do quarterly reports and board, board decks and things like that. Um, And we actually share those with the entire staff. And not only that, we don't just share them. We actually do town hall meetings uh, afterwards and allow anyone to, to, to ask questions about anything that's been written in those quarterly reports, um, from, you know, income statements, to cash flow to the strategy, uh, every single person gets to ask a question and have a seat at that table and discuss it and, you know, call us out if something doesn't look right or, or whatnot. And so I think just including, that is really amazing. yeah, just including everyone is part of that. Uh, I think has been probably one of the, the, the number one things that have created the, the strong bonds uh, here at Classy. And I, I think that that's what's really honestly, um, you know, made us quote unquote successful, at least allowing us to get through the ups and downs of uh, the inevitable ups and downs of uh, entrepreneurship.
0: So well, <laughs> I, I want to drill down on that because it's, it's drilled down worthy. Uh, you're giving people access to information that almost no private company shares with its uh, rank and file employees, let alone giving them an opportunity to put questions to you uh, in much the same way a board member would be able to put pointed questions to you. Tell us a little bit about the, maybe the, the worst moment that's ever happened in that context. I, I, I want people to understand what's the worst that could happen from your experience. <laughs> Well,
2: I mean, you know, we're going through a pretty high growth period right now. Um, you know, I, I think a couple of tough questions was a re- recently were around like the hiring plan and and really ramping up and what's the, what is that going to do to the culture? That was a great uh, a great question. So um, it's not something that we should shy away from. We should absolutely, you know have that conversation with everyone here at Classy. Like, what does it mean to go from 50 people to 100 people to 150? There's obvious challenges uh, each phase, you know, each phase of growth. Um, and then, you know, the results of that conversation was amazing. It was, hey, look, like, if we all want to grow this thing the way we think we can and help as many people and organizations as we can, we're, we're going to have to be in the hundreds of employees. So let's have a discussion now and figure out what are the, what are the key tenets of the culture that we love? Uh, and how do you keep those going moving forward rather than just assume they will continue? What are the things you put in place now and have some you know for, foresight into that? So it actually spawned an amazing conversation, um, but that was one of the more recent ones. It's like, Hey, we, we raised some money and that's awesome. We can grow. But um, you know, is that the detriment to the, of the things we love here
0: uh, at Classy? Oh, fantastic. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I really appreciate your insights. I appreciate you uh, sharing kind of your experiences, especially uh, your openness uh, with your employees. I think that's an, an inspiring principle, not only for entrepreneurs, but I would say especially for social entrepreneurs. It's part of the uh, the greater ethic of, uh, of of sort of having a uh, socially responsible business. So I, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Before we go, can you tell us uh, how people can learn more about Classy and connect with you? Sure, um, Classy has a website, Classy.org.
2: Um classy.org Most of the information is right there and The phone number and email to reach out to our staff is on the website um, My own email is just scott at classy.org Scott with one T, so feel free to reach out to me uh, as well I'm also on Twitter at just my name The handle is uh, Scott Chisholm, just uh, one word And so
0: I think actually that's on the screen too So feel free to uh, reach out on Twitter too Fantastic. Well, Scott, thank you very much for joining us. We wish you every success. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. All righty. Let's do some good. At the intersection of financial services and social media, Gate Global Impact. GGI uses new market infrastructure to facilitate investments in organizations that deliver a societal, environmental, and or a cause-related benefit in addition to a financial return. Mike Schwager promotes authors, nonprofits, and humanitarian organizations. He also writes speeches that inspire, and he helps prepare leaders for appearances on major national TV talk shows. Learn more at media or tvtraining.tv. Call him at nine five four four two three forty four fourteen.
1: Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for your mark on the world every weekday devon hosts a ceo celebrity entrepreneur or other change maker here on the your mark on the world show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark devon is a champion of social good writing about advocating for and advising people who are doing good he is a forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship impact investing and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com